0: Hi there and welcome to Scout the Game Week. I'm back for the second episode of Scout the Game Week, our new weekly podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Scout Scout Network. Each week, we will look back at the game week we have just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. We'll also be catching up with a member of the Scout Network to find out what they've been up to, as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week, I am joined by the lovely FPL Nim Freya. Nim, how are you? I'm good, Sam. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Bit hectic, isn't it, at the minute? All this FL yeah. game weeks, blank game weeks, double game weeks, <laughs>
1: deadlines <laughs> come in coming out. <laughs> I know. Feels no time like, to don't... think.
0: <laughs> I know. And these transfer decisions, they come so quickly. I'm kind of looking forward to this little bit of a mini break with the FA Cup. I know that it's yeah. really it's a really only a week, but actually the fact <laughs> that we have a bit of a an FA Cup break a in the middle. Feels like a
1: breather, doesn't it? It does, it does. Like a small (laughs) holiday.
0: (laughs) Talk to me about game week 19. How's it going for you so far?
1: Yeah, it's going okay at the moment. Currently on 88 points. I did take a minus eight, so that's a net of 80 points. With an average on 61, I'm clinging on to a small green arrow at the moment. I've got Salah and Robertson left, so I'm hoping they can wake up a bit. (laughs) As they've been a bit of a mixed bag of late, really, haven't they?
0: (laughs) they definitely have it's funny isn't it because I mean I own Salah as well he's my captain this week um and I I was saying to you just before we started recording this actually for me I was captaining Salah on the basis that he had that Manchester United game and I thought that might be the moment that he would kind of kick off um after all of these blanks but we're now four blanks in a row in with Salah and it's it's feeling a bit dire straight but fingers crossed um that we will see him improve in the in the second half of game week 19 overall rank so far where are you right now
1: yeah so I kind of keep doing this uh, hokey cokey <laughs> with the one million <laughs> club at the moment uh, so I'm never usually the best starter when it comes to um FPL in general takes me a bit of time to get in the groove uh this this season in particular has been quite tricky mm. I've managed to pull myself from 2.7 million I think I was sitting in in game week 13 so yeah 1, 1. 1.7 rise is not bad uh, no, so just hoping great. I can kind of gain some continued momentum from here really and I drag myself can... into that top 1 million once and for all <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And it's a good time for it, really, because, you know, we are heading into the second half of the season now um, at a time where, you know, a lot of the casual players will start to drop off because life gets in the way. And um, we will start to hopefully see some bigger clients for those committed FPL managers like yourself. And I think, you know, if you're in that top million in or around it at this point, there's still a lot of FPL points to be won and, and soussing decent... me
1: out, Sam. They know I'm in there and yeah. chucking me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's funny that isn't it? Because there's a lot of FPL managers that are in the same position as you this year. Yeah. A lot of people that keep breaking barriers only to then have themselves thrown back out again the week after and a lot of that's been down to postponements and isolation of players etc I you know we've seen a lot of games being called off and and moved around between 16 17 and 18 um has it affected the way you've played the game this season is it something that you're kind of planning for or do are you in that camp of you can't plan for it so I'm just going to accept it and see where I end up
1: yeah, I think it'd be safe to say it's been a fairly unique season, hasn't it, with with fairly unique Definitely. challenges. Uh, I did the whole selling City and Villa players for Leeds and Southampton ones for the free hit in 18 and bench boost in 19 approach thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to play both those chips. But you know what? Obviously that went to pot when all the rescheduling happened and it's just been a difficult season to do any planning in. So if anything, I find myself planning, as you say, a bit more off the cuff this season and taking things as they come, which I guess is how I used to play in the early days a lot Mm. more. Um, It's just definitely been a lot tougher this season to kind of cut out all the noise and focus and do like major planning. I think we chatted a bit about it beforehand, but it's just not one of those seasons. I think being flexible definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, season. I think
0: for, for most FPL managers, you know,
1: we would normally kind of look ahead
0: at, you know, maybe a run of six or seven fixtures. And we think, you know, this is a player that looks like he's going to get a really nice run going, you know, has the form, the fixtures are there, I'm going to invest. But I, I must admit, I've even found myself kind of looking at that and going, mm, but is there somebody that's only got a couple of decent game weeks that actually might be a better pick because I can be yeah. a bit more sure of starts and a bit more sure of fixtures and all of that kind of stuff if I look a bit shorter term. And it has massively changed a lot of managers' plans. Like you said, it, it affected your chip strategy. It affected my yeah. chip strategy as well. I mean, I've, I've much like you, I've gone through game week 19 having not played um, a chip, which... yeah. Actually feels like almost sacrilegious, doesn't it? In a in a yeah, FPL double game week. <laughs> yeah. A big FPL double game week as well, where yeah. some of the big assets have got really nice fixtures. Mm-hmm. To not play a chip feels ridiculous. And and I said to Ted last week when I was talking to him, I was thinking about going chipless because I didn't see Salah had the form for the triple captain armband. Yeah. And my bench, like you say, my bench was destroyed by the changes in fixtures. So I didn't have a bench yeah. boost team available for this week. And I kind of thought, right, I'm going to my fingers um and hope that this week <laughs> goes okay and actually yeah. it's going all right so far um I've still got Salah to play t- uh tonight um but we'll see how we go I mean he's my captain I'm not expecting much on the basis that yeah. he hasn't done much lately but you never know he's got to True. turn it around at some stage and um, so hopefully tonight's going to be the night Um, okay so let's have a little look then at game week 19 in a bit more detail now as I've kind of alluded to we are recording this on Thursday afternoon during possibly the longest FPL game week in the history of game weeks having started last (laughs) Saturday and not ending until this coming Saturday so we still have the Liverpool and Burnley game to play tonight Um, and then on Saturday we still have um, Aston Villa and Newcastle to kind of round up the game week but let's talk about where we are so far um Which players have impressed you so far? Is there any that you didn't own going into game week 19 that are suddenly on your radar and you're thinking that's the one that I think might be the good pick for me going forward?
1: Yeah, so in my minus eight um, for game week 19, I took out Chilwell, Rafinha and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and... I was, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that kind of lovely teen draft that you have screenshotted. <laughs> you feel, yeah. oh, this looks <laughs> quite nice. Uh, so I did have in Stones, Gundwin and oh. Antonio oh. slash Kane in mm-hmm. those places. I know, you know what's coming next. <laughs> oh. Between them, that's what, like 50 oh. odd points? I know, I know. I, I just... I I can't even with it, (laughs) literally. (laughs) I got so sucked in with having KDB. I was so worried about not owning him with the possible kind of doubles coming up and stuff like that, that um, I'd done all this kind of giving all this big up to Gunderwood And I just kind of, I guess I panicked with the community, um think that I needed to have KDB and so thankfully I still did uh Chilwell to Stones so that's worked out really yeah, So that was that, a good move that was okay um Rafinha to KDB actually that went okay it wasn't too bad yeah. considering but obviously then changing DCL to Davis did kind of decimate my my kind of uh bench boost plans and thinking about using him because he's not really a player you can play. He's just there to free up funds. So given that I was considering those moves before... The two players that have impressed are Antonio with his two goals in mm. two games and Gundam with his four goals in five games. The one game he didn't do anything was when I had him in my free oh, hit. <laughs> nothing worse than that, is there? I know, I know. And I just bigged him up on so many pods and like, <laughs> articles that I'd done as well. So I was like, I'll get him in this week, you know, stick by my guns. Didn't do anything typical didn't get him in this week and then he doesn't do anything. But at 5.5 million in that city side has more doubles on the way and seemingly a favorite of peps at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you almost don't mind the pep roulette at that price really do you. Um, no. And I, I
0: think that's a really valid point, isn't it? Because, you know, for me, I, I as you know, I, I went into this game week not owning De Bruyne and yes, basically kind of, I, I kind of had the same dilemma as you because in the same way we both didn't own him at the start of this game week and we were both kind of looking at it with maybe some slightly different views so I yeah. I very much went I woke up uh, one morning and thought right that's it I need to bring in KDB because otherwise <laughs> my game is going to be destroyed my I'm going to lose a million on overall rank I mu- I've got to do it and then I looked at my team and I thought OK, well, who goes in order that KDB yeah. comes in? And it came down to mm-hmm. a choice between losing Son um, and losing Salah. Now, you can't take Salah out ahead of a double yeah. game week against Manchester United and Burnley, two home games where he is phenomenal usually even with his form. I just didn't think I could take him out. And then you look across at some and you think, okay, well, he's only got a single game week. So potentially I could take him out, but it is against Sheffield United. um, And so there's potential there for, we've seen it before with single game week players outscoring the doubles in, Mm -hmm. in those weeks. So there's potential that he still does really well. Plus um, he is up there, you know, in terms of points scored for the Course of the season, and he's the highest owned player in the game. Yeah, so the ownership you take, is the killer. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, if I take him out um, and he bangs, which he could easily have done against Sheffield mm-hmm. United, um that's going to massively hurt me. And I looked at it and I thought, you know what? I, I kind of trust Son because we've seen it over the course of the season so far. Yeah. He's trustworthy. um I, I know that Salah doesn't become a bad player overnight. So I didn't want to take him out. So I went Katie And sat there through the game on Sunday night, um, which we just watched on for on our live stream, and thought, "Oh my goodness,
1: this is absolute torture." Oh yeah, I couldn't. That that is the one thing I guess about having gone KDB was watching that those two matches at least yeah were a lot more comfortable. I like at least I was sat there going, "Yeah." Okay, afterwards I was a little bit more like when he limped off, I was a bit like. I hate yes. you <laughs> so I, I, two more minutes. <laughs> yeah just two more minutes um uh, but yeah no like generally I was just like actually I've, I've I'm kind of glad I went there because mm. obviously when Gundogan scored I was a bit like oh come on give me a break seriously <laughs> but um but yeah generally it was just like a lot more chilled and, uh, and I didn't yeah. have that kind of stress and I think that possibly ultimately what swung it for me in the end is yeah. that I I knew if he's fit he's going to start because Pep yes. just does not rotate him and it, and it was just that thought that I know he's a good I know he's a good player regardless and yes of course he'll get something but I, I am with you I do get it because I think if I'd sat there and I'd really looked at my team in the moment that you sat there went no okay I'm not I'm not going to rip up my team because like you I didn't want to sell Sun I didn't want to sell Salah I didn't want to sell Bruno and they were my easy routes to KDB Um, but thankfully I think because I had I have built up quite a lot of money you know over over the course of the season so thankfully I could I could do it by, you know, Jimmying a few other things around, and DCL being injured really helped that. That helped, didn't the it? Single, yeah, it yeah no having a game week. So I just thought, you know, why not pump for it and go for it? But. I do think if I'd really just sat there and and just considered my team a bit more and and what it it would have like what it meant in terms of budget, because I do know he isn't performing for the budget that he costs this season. And it's because they don't have a striker. And I know that City are being really fluid and and they're still doing very well and much better than they were doing. But that is hurting KDB, I think, because he doesn't have that one person. It's how I feel about Bruno with having Cavani on the pitch. I feel like he steps up a gear, like he just has that one person to kind of, Mm. you know, pass the ball to so he can finish it. And he knows that person's there if he wants to run around them and score himself, whatever. But it's knowing that, isn't it? Knowing that that person's there.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, that you see it at Spurs, you see it um, at Liverpool most of the time, although they're a bit off it at the moment, but the the, the link between Yota um, or Firmino with, with Salah and Mane, uh, you're yeah. seeing it at Manchester United with Bruno and Pogba and Cavani, you're, you're like the big teams that are performing well and scoring a lot of goals, they've got that relationship built between mm-hmm. two players. Now at City, I think you're absolutely right in what you say, you know, and that's part of the reason I was put off of KDB this week, is it wasn't actually anything to do with KDB. He is a phenomenal no. football player and he's a phenomenal fpl asset um yeah. and he was, and we all love him. was <laughs> absolutely and it literally even was if he does go off two minutes <laughs> those you still love him and i <laughs> think well, it was one of those high great. behind the safer moments where i was like i've just got to get through this week because if i can get mm. through a double without it costing me too badly i probably can survive um and I'll have a bit more understanding about what I'm doing with my team because like you, I took some money out of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, although I went to Antonio um, yeah. so I didn't take quite as mon- much money out. Um, okay. And so, I'm, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think for me, the interesting thing though is, is like you say, is who's going to pay up top? Because we saw it was Jesus yeah. on the weekend. It wasn't against um, Aston Villa. They are missing that person. Um, but that doesn't seem to be affecting Gindalwin. He's now started seven games yeah. on the trot. He's returning at a rate of knots in terms of his FPL returns and, and his goal involvements and goals scored. Um, and yes. he's cheap. For a City yeah. asset, he is cheap. And whilst I'm normally very anti the cheap City assets because <laughs> of the rotation problem that you get with the likes of mm-hmm. Foden, with Gundogan, I can really buy into it because we're starting yeah. to see a consistency and a trust in, in him from Pep. Now it
1: feels very much have... like he's getting that silver roll, doesn't it? it More does. so than Foden is.
0: Yes, it does. It feels like he's his replacement uh, for David Silva. Um, I I worry slightly because we don't know the extent of the KDB injury. We just know that it's muscular. So Mm -hmm. I do worry about what losing KDB means for City as a whole. And I would want Mm -hmm. to know where we are with KDB before I invest it. But I agree with you. I think Gundogan looks like suddenly a really nice FPL asset. What about the back, though? Because most FPL managers are kind of focusing in on the City defence and you can understand it. fixtures that they have coming up the clean sheets look like they're absolutely certain to be on at least for the next couple of weeks so they've got obviously West Brom in game week 20 and then looking ahead to 20 and 21 they've got Sheffield United and Burnley neither of whom is scoring a lot of goals (laughs) yeah exactly we we really should be looking at three clean sheets here so when you're talking about Stones or Diaz or Cancelo or even Edison if you want to go for the keeper you should be talking about at least 18 points they tend to pick up some bonus points as well uh, because of their forward movement um, You said you've got John Stones. Are you just the uh, one yes. invested in Man City or have you got an eye on going for another one too?
1: Okay, at the moment, my defence is fairly stacked. it's probably got more money in it than I, than I usually have uh, because mm. I did upgrade the likes of Mitchell and people like that when I thought I was bench boosting for Dallas and okay. Bednarak and people like that. So I've got a fairly stacked defence. But at the moment, Robertson is in serious risk of becoming a city defender for me and going the city double up um before KDB got injured I was considering moving Suchek to Gundogan and having KDB oh, and Gundogan. Using
0: Suchak, that's almost like
1: I know sin. I know but I just I don't know I just had a bit of a feeling like you know those guts picks that we feel yeah, like sometimes do. you know Suchet, kind of, yeah that's it I was just thinking you know it's it's kind of same price point and I could go double city attack but obviously I need more information on KDB before even considering that because if KDB is out for any length of time he is an easy way to get other players which I'm sure we'll touch upon in a second but for the moment, I I am considering if Robertson lets me down this evening, I think I will be more inclined to sell him. Mm. I am. And if that goes ahead, then obviously, I, I wouldn't go double city attack because I've only got the three slots for city. So I am looking at city defenders, a lot of people on them have been rewarded, but I have also been quite tempted by Justin of Leicester with his two clean sheets on a bounce now and the odd I'm attacking kidding. return of the I goal. am enjoying owning him at the <laughs> minute I must admit I had to assure a public apology
0: for doubting his <laughs> credentials a couple of weeks ago because he'd been a bit disappointing losing clean sheets right yeah. at the end of games and I was I was finding it incredibly difficult but actually particularly in double game at 19 he really impressed me and I think yeah. um, Leicester generally actually really impressed me much better particularly, um, and moving on from the, the defence maybe James Madison I was incredibly impressed by him and particularly against Chelsea um, in the second part of their double game week for me I've always said that I felt like James Madison kind of runs the show uh, for Leicester when he's there yeah he's that really important link between Vardy um, and and the defence like he he and, and Didi have such important roles to play for Leicester in different in different ways, of course, because Ndidi's the one that's yeah. kind of protecting the back line. And although you wouldn't have known it with his goal that he scored <laughs> this week, but yeah. you know he's generally the one that sits deeper and it allows Madison the freedom to kind of go and put in it's these attack. magnificent balls. But mm-hmm. he's also you know on free kicks um, and and all of the set piece stuff adds to his game. And of course, with the fixtures that they have coming up, I think he also looks like a really really nice asset. And he's in that kind of slightly cheaper. Um, ballpark and and this is I guess that the problem isn't it is that what we're seeing from game week 19 is that there's a lot of players suddenly coming from this slightly lower price point where you're kind of like oh I'm interested in you now Guntergun's one of them James Madison's another one um, that stood out for me shout out to at Arsenal as well again another single game week player who played incredibly well um, and did uh, bought some good attacking returns
1: um, yeah, I love Saka I've been absolutely but kind of touting him since pre-season so I'm quite glad to see him coming in <laughs>
0: yeah well and, and add Smith Rowe into that category yeah. as well because he's made First a massive person I ever followed Arsenal. on
1: Instagram was a Mils- was it
0: <laughs> amazing yeah. um you know so I think you know you started to look at that bracket of players and there's there's players starting to stand out there you, you know we can put we can put Harvey Barnes in there as well as another decent option from Leicester um and you're we don't have to enough see... midfielder spots do we no That's the and, problem <laughs> and I think this is the question for me kind of coming out of game week 19 and and it, I'm intrigued to get your opinion on it is that we're starting to see a wealth of opportunity and a wealth of options in that lower price bracket I know you've just said about selling Check, and I can understand why after a blank in the double but he still offers <laughs> great FPL um, returns at his price point. oh yeah so definitely when we, when we talk about players that are kind of I think Madison of all of those is the most expensive. So from Madison and below, um, and I guess we could even couple Greelish in there, although slightly more expensive, but in that sort of seven and a half down bracket, there's a lot of options. And when we're talking about the the premium options in that bracket, leaving if we leave some out of it for a minute, we've got KDB who is may or may not be injured. We've got Sterling who is. On okay form, (laughs) but at his price point, I mean, if you take out the minus one that he got a couple of games ago, he's averaged 6.1 points per game between 13 and 19, which actually isn't bad, it's not too bad. But it's not great when, he's, when you consider mm-hmm. his price. So he, he costs a lot of money for those six points that he's averaging yeah. per game. And I think that puts me off when you consider that, you know, you, you look at Madison and you're you're achieving a lot more than that. Um, yeah. Even with Bruno, like his form's dipped a little bit, just one assist in the last three. Um, I suspect he'll come back around again because this is Bruno and, and he doesn't last for long. But yeah. Is there, is there scope, I guess is what I'm asking, on the back of what we've seen in game weeks, both 18 mm. and 19, to kind of say, well, do we need to have all of these premium options through the middle? Can we take KDB to Gundogan, save some money, upgrade some of our defenders? Because as you mentioned before, the defence are actually bringing a hell of a lot of FPL points.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's one of those boring answers where I think it very much depends on your team and what you're trying to achieve with it for me I've always quite liked the security of having those premium midfielders having Sun having Salah having Bruno and now owning KDB but you know what? It's not that you ever hope that a player gets injured, but when one of them does, there's kind of a bit of a relief because you do feel like, OK, I feel safer now selling this player mm. and upgrading to another. And for myself, I'd really like Kane. Uh, he's a player that I would hope to kind of maybe use some of those chips we were talking about <laughs> earlier on that we did. That's what use. my triple captain chip is for in case you hadn't yeah, guessed. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying not to make that too obvious to my mini league. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's something that I've definitely been considering there in the back of my head, just because I'd like to put it on somebody quite consistent. And I yeah. feel like he's been one of those consistent players this season. And so for me, because I don't own Kane currently I am going to have to drop one of those Four premium midfielders In order to accommodate him At some point, I'm not too sure when I'll do it I'm hoping... Probably not ahead of 20 Because Spurs no. have Liverpool yeah, But after that not. the fixtures are there's a couple of Looking nice ones. good for them. Yeah, mm. definitely. And there's some chat. I don't know whether it'll actually go ahead of them getting the triple <laughs> game week, which would be well, lovely. Well, let's hope so, because you know that's where my triple captain's going. <laughs> yeah, if, if exactly. If a triple game week. <laughs> I think it's interesting um, though.
0: It's interesting because there's, you know, I think what you've done there is just actually sum up most FPL managers' headaches right now because we're talking about a player like Kane who cost you a lot of money but is consistently returning. We've got players like Salah and Bruno who your team just feels difficult and uncertain maybe without. And Mm -hmm. you don't want to spend every game week kind of hiding behind the sofa (laughs) and uh, praying for a miracle, which is that they don't return. Because over the course of the season, of course, they will. Um, So it is definitely hard to do it. But I I think we are starting to get a few standout players that maybe mean that we can save a little bit of money here and there. Um, Agreed. And, and maybe if we can manipulate our premiums, then it, it can help us to, to own a few more. Plus, if you can get on these pairs at the right time, help your team value, right, as well, which maybe means by the time these double game weeks roll around, when we're looking at sort of game week 26, for, yeah. potentially for one of those, um, we might have a bit more money to invest in, in these guys that we want.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's probably at a point where if Salah and Robson those premium assets, Trent, don't deliver this evening and KDB is injured, it will be interesting to see what people do with their cash, whether they sit on those players and bench them or whether they, like you said, use that opportunity to then downgrade to players that are doing quite well and use that extra cash to get in other players that they've been considering. So I think it's quite an exciting time to see where FPL manager is going to go with their team for sure.
0: I definitely agree with you. Right, let's take what we've learned from Game Week 19 then and roll it into our coming Game Week, which starts on Tuesday this week. So we have another weird and wonderful FPL deadline at half past four on a Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) Don't miss the deadline. It is painful missing deadlines. Um, Where are you thinking? If I was to say, you know, on the back of Game Week 19 and over maybe the last three or four or five weeks of, of kind of FPL action... If I ask you to pick out a couple of players for us who want to target for game week twenty, but also potentially might be able to kind of be more than just a one week punt, anybody out there that you think is really impressing you right now?
1: Yeah, so I think it it would be difficult to look past Bruno, wouldn't it? In that Manchester United Sheffield United fixture, yeah. it's a standout for me. They'd be highly each captained, won't they? Yeah, played each other nine times. Manchester United have won seven of those. One win to mm. Sheffield United and one draw. Of course, depending on the cup situation, whether you play, st- I don't think he will, but just, you know, if he does at the moment, that's that's a sealed, like you said, sealed captaincy, you know, for me. So I think if you don't own Bruno, you're probably going to be feeling a little bit nervous, possibly for that fixture, mm. A bit unsure with Ollie's roulette because he's getting as bad as Pep in some (laughs) in in some respects with that strike force. But you know, if Cavani's a striker, he could be possibly on the radar. And I think one going under the radar for United is Pogba with his two Mm. goals and one assist in four games. So. He's another one that I think will probably likely start in that United team and now seems to be chugging along. He's an interesting quite nicely. One, isn't he? Because,
0: you know, he for, for many months of this season, we would never have talked about Pogba as no. a potential FPL asset. But we are seeing more consistency of starts from Pogba now. And we're also seeing um a change in Pogba in terms of his positioning on the pitch. So we see him playing a bit deeper when Manchester yeah. United play the really big teams, and um, the likes of Liverpool, he was taking a much deeper role in that game. But against the lower opposition in the league, he tends to have a bit more freedom to go forward. So against the likes of Sheffield United, Pogba could be absolutely on. Now, you mentioned the FA Cup. They have a difficult FA Cup fixture this weekend against Liverpool. Now, (laughs) the reality is that both of those two sides are going to want to win that game. So I suspect we might see fairly... um, full strength Stoppings. side, <laughs> yeah in the FA Cup it's not been that kind to us in terms of FPL uh, picks has it them drawing no. each other in the FA Cup I'd rather they both got like Chorley and you know Wickham well, or that something, FA Cup
1: just messed me right over because <laughs> that's know. what took away my double game too yeah, it's <laughs> so, it's it's
0: like, so yeah. difficult and you find yourself kind of going but I but I agree with you I think you know we've seen from with Ollie that Um, Bruno is pretty much an ever-present in his sides because they just don't play as well when he's not on the pitch and even if he does ever bench him he tends to bring him on because it's not gone particularly well (laughs) yeah so I think Bruno is one of those that potentially escapes the Oli rotation but Pogba is maybe one that's a bit more threatened by that having said that I think the form that he's in um, and against that Sheffield United side I mean they realistically should be able to win that game within the first sort of 60 minutes and then bring these guys Mm -hmm. off for a bit of a rest
1: Um, What do you think about their defence because they You've tightened up a lot, haven't they, recently? Yes. And i I tend to shy away from United Defense, but I remember that you did take a sneaky pick on your free hit with <laughs> one of those defenders. So I oh, just enlighten me there that. and tell me if you consider long-term. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. I did. So I had Maguire on my free hit and then got very annoyed when he conceded Um <laughs> I think it's it's just one of those things. I think um I think for me, um, it, the Manchester United defence look to be um, quite solid at the moment. They look to yeah. be improving. Um, I like the Luke Shaw, Maguire, Waiwasaka combination. I think between the three of them, they um they provide quite good entertainment. Um, And and they're quite good value for FPL points. Now, he did return for me when I owned him, so I can't really moan too much. But he's one of those picks. When when I picked Maguire for my free-hit team, I kind of looked at him and thought, if I could pick any Manchester United player for my free-hit team in defence which one will I go for and for me it was Maguire because of the headed aerial threat which he very 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 nearly (laughs) very nearly did I mean he got ruled off didn't he he actually did put the ball in the net so what was a six pointer could have ended up being like an 18 pointer because he probably would have got the bonus points as well so I was a bit frustrated but at least I'd read it right so I was kind of like okay but moving forward I'm not sure I'd own him at the moment simply because of the yellow card thing that's hanging over his head so yeah. the fact that he's sat on four yellow cards puts me in that difficult position where I don't really want to invest in somebody that's at that point particularly when we look like for like Bruno who's already there as well um now I know we're coming towards the end of the five yellow card thing so it thankfully it's not something we need to worry about for too much longer but it is still in the back of my mind at the moment um, so I think right now, if I was going to invest in the Manchester United defence, um, I'd probably look, strangely, to go with Luke Shaw. Um, offering yeah. more in the way of value for money, um, he seems to have nailed down his place in that Oli team, even with Tellez there. Like He seems to be the consistent starter. Um, so I think that that bodes well. There should be a clean sheet, of course, against Sheffield United. I can't see them scoring. I mean, they did score against Spurs, but... Yeah. <sighs> I mean, they had very, very few opportunities in that game. And I don't think they'll get very many in the Manchester United game either. Um, after that, then there's a difficult fixture for United against Arsenal in, in 21, which I can't tell Oh, I Levy, love how you're
1: calling us difficult. I'll take that at the moment. Well, I <laughs> think there's been a massive change in Arsenal at the moment. And I think, uh, you know, looking been. looking It's at, actually a nice you, time to be an Arsenal fan at the moment.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And, and Arsenal one of the teams that I was going to we can come on to in a minute because I think for me, they are one of the teams that I'm starting to look at investing in now. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, this is, it's Arsenal we're talking about. They were never going to go the whole season being terrible. Like all that chatter about Arsenal going to get relegated. That was never going to happen. Arsenal have too good, they're they're too good a team and they're too big a club to get relegated. In my view, they were always going to come good. They just needed to find the right spark of players to do that. And, And it wasn't working with Pepe and that old kind of guard of, just trying the same thing over and over again. I think in it's twills. attitude.
1: A lot of it is, it is attitude, and I think Ozil accepting it's time to move on, and and the club actually making a deal, and and that having happened, mm. has has left a, a better taste. I think with players yes. that wanted yes. him to be included in the team, and a being one of those players, he still wanted Ozil to be a part of the team, mm. and now Teta from what we gather obviously in the media didn't and and there was that divide I think causing you know this this trouble that was just causing this rift that was making everything feel uncomfortable at Arsenal and I think so much with the youngsters coming in had a massive, big kind of moan on a Wildcats channel. I think the week before everything changed, actually, about the <laughs> fact that Arteta should just not bother playing any of the premiums. You made the difference; to they paid That's a lot. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Listening. listening to me, <laughs> but I was literally like, I think I went on Arsenal fan TV on. It was like, stop playing the premiums and just let the kids play because they're doing a great job with Lacazette in in the European League. So just mm. play the same team in in the premier league and if the if the you know the big players that we've paid a lot of money for if they want to play yeah with with arsenal and they want to get in that side then they're going to have to prove that they want that spot and i think thankfully you know Arteta did do that that week he, you know he didn't play bamyang we were told it was an injury um but he didn't play bamyang and a lot of the kids got a chance and they went out there and they took that opportunity, you know, your suckers, yeah. your meals to so throws. And they, they took it and they rode with it. And I think that may be said to a couple of the players there that feel a bit too comfortable already and just feel, feel like it's their right to be there. Oh, hang on a second. There is no guarantees here. And I don't have to be, you know, the manager doesn't have to pick me. And so that kind of sent a bit of a kind of message to some of those players that have a tendency to sulk, I guess. Um, that you know, it's it it's not a given right that you get to play. You have to earn your place in this squad. And that's what made the difference.
0: And you can see with the the kids that actually they they want to be out there. Like their attitude yeah. is is great. And you see the excitement in them when goals are scored and at the end of games when they win games, you can you can see the happiness in their faces. And it's been a long time since you've seen that kind of positivity at Arsenal. Yes. Um, and for me as an FPL manager, I'm looking at the likes of Smith Rowe and Saka, who we've mentioned already. But also Tierney at the back, who I think is another great option, mm-hmm. um, and even Lacazette, who let me down massively in my free hit team.
1: Yeah, so um, I had him too. I mean, I <laughs> and up I on had Ar- Tierney as well. Yeah, me too. I trebled up on Arsenal <laughs> that night.
0: Uh, Tierney, Saka, and Lacquer—they um, basically did it
1: this week, didn't they? They yeah, did they it way too late for us, like Gundarwin. If I'd played yeah. my free hit this week, I'd have been laughing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I think for me with Arsenal right now, they are definitely one that. In game week, not so much in game week 18, but in game week 17, I learned a lot about Arsenal and and I liked it. Um, and then I've learned a lot about Arsenal in this single game week in game week 19. And again, it's something that I've liked seeing. And it's nice I to love... hear a Spurs fan saying they like it Yeah, well, the thing is, I, I think for me, you know, people say often that I wear my Spurs goggles. And of course I often do. However, you, you know, you have to also look at, we play FPL because we love FPL. Yes. You have to leave your your loyalties, you know, don't your get bias, some of your biases
1: oh, behind, absolutely. you have to, um, don't you, if when, when when a player's derby, good, it doesn't yeah. matter, it shouldn't matter what club they pay for, what shirt they wear, Correct. if they're good, they're good, and you know, if you like them, you like them, yeah. there's no shame in that, because they're not from your team, you know, if you, no, if you but... like a player, I mean, I'm in love with Aguero, as you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all know, and that's, uh, that's, that's not, that's nothing to do with, you know, like, from a girly fancying point of view that's because I think he is an amazing footballer and always yeah. have done a talented you know player, I just right? think he's amazing in what he does with the ball and how mm. he strikes the ball and oh I just think he's underrated really as a yeah. striker for I, what I he like brought.
0: Ew. I think for me, lots of that's like come about, from
1: injury, of course. But yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> well, like, he's, he's such a bad year. But I think what I've learned about Arsenal of late is that it's really easy to invest in Arsenal right now because the, yes. the price points are so reasonable. So you can mm-hmm. easily get involved in the Arsenal attack by going for Saka or going for Smith yeah. Rowe. You can invest a bit more if you want to and go for Lacazette, but you don't need to, and you don't need to go up to bamiang Although he looks like he's coming back into form now. So yes, that's yeah. what I like about Arsenal is that if you've got the budget to spend going premium, we've learned from game week nine and from game week 17 that that's okay but it's also equally and maybe even more so better to go for these cheaper options because the commitment's there the desire's there and the FPL returns are there we're seeing consistency from both Saka and Smith Rowe particularly Smith Rowe and at his price point there's nobody better in the game than him right now at that point so I've learned a lot going into game week 20 now okay you know you look at um at the fixtures coming up and in game week twenty. we have what is on paper a difficult game against Southampton because Southampton have been solid defensively. So Mm -hmm. maybe now isn't the moment, but then past that... obviously the game against Manchester United that we were talking about before, which is difficult, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely still scope in that. That is a big game. And those big games throw up weird results sometimes. So let's see what happens in that one. Um, But after that, then they play an out-of-form Wolves side who are just looking like they absolutely need help right now. Um, So there could easily be some returns there. Then Aston Villa, who are solid defensively, but we've seen can be broken down. Yeah. Um, so there's potential there, definitely. Then Leeds, who love to let other teams attack them because <laughs> that's how they play the game. So there's scope there. Um, and then a really difficult fixture against Manchester City. But let's see, by because that, by that point, we're in game week 25. So yeah, in the short term, I'm not sure you'd want to invest at a Bamiang level for the fixtures, but no. could you invest at Smith-Rowe and Saka level? Yes, absolutely, you could, in my Absolutely.
1: View. And to be honest, when I saw that KDB limped off and I thought, if this is long term... My initial head went to, okay, KDB de Gundogan and Sushek will then, when I'm ready, move on to Emil Sothrio or Saka. Um yeah. You know, because I was looking at El Ghazi in that spot, but obviously now he seems to have kind of... L- lost is I'm not sure what's going on, Saturday, on there I yeah I think I need to see what happens mm-hmm. on Saturday there but just that was more for how well he was doing and obviously with so many of Aston Villa's fixtures getting banked up and them having so mm-hmm. many and I don't have Grealish I mean the only Aston Villa player I have right now is Martinez so you know I was oh, just I'm... trying to kind oh wow. Scary time. <laughs> <laughs> well it's doing all right for you <laughs> well,
0: uh-huh. it did all right when they were on their Covid break but to be honest yeah. every time I Without an Aston Villa defender, I'm kind of back behind my sofa you know, yeah. because they've been really good. So Aston Villa, are another side that I'm looking at investing in. But I
1: hate to think um, where Arsenal would be if we still had Martinez. I just, oh, I, 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 I get so angry when I think the fact <laughs> that we sold him. Honestly, I, I know that Leno stepped up a bit more the last few weeks, but I still think I'm a better he, goalkeeper. It, yeah, it's just oh. it's horrible. But yeah, no, I, I definitely, I would like Saka or Emil in my team and. If I haven't done so by the time I work out, even at their price point now, I can't imagine they're going to be so far out of no, my budget that I'm not bonus, going to be able right? to afford them then. so yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the great thing about Arsenal is that you can afford to sit on these guys for a little while. They might return and you might feel annoyed that they've done it, but they're, not, um, they're never going to be unaffordable because they're starting at such a nice low point. So mm-hmm. it's never the end of the world. And if you okay, need
1: money and budget, then, you know, Absolutely. for the bench, now yeah, could be a good time you know, to do that.
0: For anybody that's held on to their bench boost like I have um, and like you have, you're still going to be looking at keeping money invested in that bench for the double game weeks that are coming up. Um, And so for me, Arsenal look like really nice ways of doing that. They're a good way to keep money invested in the back line. Um, They're a good way to keep money invested in midfield. A little bit less... Good in terms of the forward, just because you've got to pay more for Lacazette. But yeah. you can get cheap options at the back and in midfield, who will provide you with really nice bench boost options when we get a bit further on in the season and you might want to play it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, before I let you go, let's just talk a bit about you then. Um, tell us a little bit about FPL and free and, of course, the Wildcats as well, because um, you have kind of your your loyalty spread. I've not <laughs> loyalties, I guess it's the wrong word, but you, you kind of have two quite different FPL. Yeah. Channels going on right now.
1: <laughs> yeah so I've been playing officially since 2012-2013 season did double a bit in 2006-2007 I think with a friend just kind of helping tinker their teams and stuff like that but the 2012-2013 season was my first kind of team entrance and mini league entrance uh, where a friend needed somebody at uni to go up against them because they didn't have anybody who was really our group friends weren't really that football focused and um he knew that I used to watch match of the day with him mainly for (laughs) us at the time so he was like you know would you like to do this with me and I was like yeah why not I'll give it a go there's one person
0: isn't there that drags you into it like for me it was obviously Lee (laughs) uh, but there's (laughs) always one person that goes you ever thought about and then before you know it you're hooked
1: yeah exactly um so I just uh I, I did well I won I think maybe thought I'd be easy fodder but for some reason I won I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing but sometimes I think when you play FPL that's a good thing when <laughs> like you don't overthink it <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: there's definitely a school of thought that says overthinking yeah. FPL sometimes is yeah. detrimental
1: and and you know possibly a bit of beginner's luck too I don't know but uh yeah I did well and then to I enjoy was that. <laughs> yeah and uh and that's kind of how I got into it really so how did you get from there to
0: where you are now then in terms of your content creating
1: yeah so I joined Twitter about three or four years ago to meet some like-minded FPL enthusiasts like myself and I noticed there were very very few female representatives Mm. in the Twitter community at the time so I wondered if that was the case over on YouTube and when I went over and I think there was very few representatives in general to be honest on, on, on YouTube let alone female but like, there was no female representation at the time but there definitely wasn't many male representation either I think there right. was Scout uh I think Andy was just starting out FPL TV and FPL Tips and Jay were the kind of own Jay know FPL today was like the only mm. ones I really knew were, were regular and <laughs> yeah so I, I kind of I I guess my creative background I just thought I know how to make videos mm. and I love FPL and I love talking about FPR, and everyone's taken to me quite nicely over on Twitter. So I'll just do one video. I'll be brave. I'll put it <laughs> out there and I'll see what happens. And you know what? It went down mostly very well, thankfully. And it's pretty mm. much just kind of snowballed from there really. And a year or so down the line, I thought I'd quite like to collaborate with some of these people that I've really looked up to on YouTube. So your likes of um, FPL TV and JNO and um, some of the scout people. So I thought, you know, it'd be really nice to do like, because I've come from a bit of a gaming background. um, Okay. So I thought, wouldn't it be really nice if we had a channel that was more from a gaming perspective? So we had Scout and I love watching Scout for all their tips and their hints and stuff. But I, I was looking more for like, you know, something a lot more relaxed and mm. just um, loads more graphics and, and guests and collaborations and stuff like that. So I thought I set up the Wildcats and I'll see if I can get some other people on board and we'll just see what happens basically. I just want to have chat with people every week who are going through the same thing that I'm going through. And we'll go, we'll kind of go from there really. And and then I've got JNO on board because I knew he knew the graphic side of things from doing his own videos. And he knew he was it was mainly known for his live streaming back then. So I knew he knew the live streaming side of things. And that's kind of where the the Wildcats was born, really. And so that's how I have both things on the, on the go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice, isn't it? Because I think the Wildcats offer something incredibly different
0: um, to the community. You know, most of us that content create, content create in our own little bubbles, um, yeah. either on our own or with somebody that is kind of, like with Lee and I um that you know we're partnered up and, and that's the end of it and we yeah. we don't very often get an opportunity to to do things with other people together I guess you know we come on the Wildcats occasionally or we'll go yeah. we'll on pod with you know some some of the other members of the communities and it's nice it's nice when that happens and that's what I like about the Wildcats is it's an opportunity for for quite diverse FPL mm. content creators who do quite different things in terms of their general content that you create week in week out um doing something different together and it it provides another element to the game and it gives you that kind of ability to have a conversation and react to things because I think a lot of the time you know you when you're filming something on your own or you're looking at something in isolation you have your idea of how it might go and then that's that's the way you think with it. but having the wildcats around is is nice because it's an opportunity to bounce fpl ideas off of each other I guess
1: I just find myself if I'm having a really bad game week, and I've had to sit through making three or four videos, or, (laughs) you know, four or five articles, (laughs) where I'm literally just reliving a bad game week over and over again. And then I get on with the lads and the wildcats and whatever guests we have at the time. And we just have a laugh. And it just relaxes how I feel about the whole thing. You know, it just allows me to kind of go, you know what, like there are people in the same position as me or you know and and just go you know we we're just silly really I think is probably the best way (laughs) to put it we just have a bit of a laugh with it and I think that's it's just it's just a different angle because yeah I, I I wouldn't be without the channels that give all the hints and tips and the very serious stuff because we need it but I think that's what I was trying to get away from with the wildcats yeah there's room just, for fun uh,
0: too right
1: yeah just to just yeah. to yeah basically have a chill out so
0: <laughs> so what are your plans moving forward then because obviously you've, you've done a lot over those kind of that that period of time what is it eight years or so now well no more yeah. yeah about eight years or so um you've done a lot in terms of you know starting your twitter account building a youtube channel building your second youtube channel with mm-hmm. the Wildcats where are you going next? Have you got plans for for things you're doing over the course of the rest of the season or or beginning to have plans together for next season?
1: Yeah. So it's mainly just working on those two, those two channels, collaborating more with people, you know, taking any opportunity. It's one thing I've learned from you is that, you know, if you (laughs) get given an opportunity, you just grab it, grab it with both hands and, and try and do the best you can with it. And so Yeah, it's just really to keep doing that meeting new people and collaborating with new people. I have like, some new graphics dripping through on the channel. And I am looking to add more content, keeping it fresh and exciting, I think is important as well, rather than just churning out the same stuff all of the time. So I'm always looking to kind of freshen stuff up and make things new on the channel. And basically just to keep doing what I'm doing I think because it's it's one of those things where now I think the content creation is becoming more integrated in general in the community and people are more aware of it whereas I think there was very much a kind of this is the YouTube scene and this is the Twitter scene and this is the Instagram scene before I think there's a lot more crossovers these days. Um, yeah, there are.
0: There's definitely a lot more people that are appearing on all of those different platforms. Yeah, um, and it and it's nice, and I, I like that. I like the fact that the community kind of is engaging a bit more with itself, almost um, across the different areas of of content creation.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So it's just to keep doing what I love
0: doing, basically. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. One more thing then before I let you go. We've hit the midway point of the season so far. It has been a truly unique season, as you mentioned before. It has been a little bit bonkers, if the truth be told. Um. You told us that you're around the million mark at the moment, hopefully just inside it by the time this game ends. What is your target for the end of the season? Like, where Have you got a marker that you think that is where I would like to end up?
1: Honestly, I mean, I didn't even know about OR until I started content creating. <laughs> Hands up. All I cared about was winning my mini, mini leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. And I knew I of course I knew I could see in the top corner like OR whatever, but like for me I didn't even know it was a thing. When I came to Twitter and everyone's like I'm top 10k and I've done this many seasons and I've got this much OR or whatever. I was like went back and looked at my history instantly was like oh my god like literally (laughs) being a mini league player has not been kind to my rank (laughs) no (laughs) um so since content creating I feel it's it's a lot more of a concern because there does feel like there's this pressure on you um (laughs) to kind of do well and for people to see you doing well in order for that to somehow validate yes, um, yeah. you being a, a content creator yeah I've never actually ever built myself to be this person that gives all this you know expert like advice and things like that it's always been more of a come with me on my journey I'll learn what you learn and you'll hopefully learn from me as I go along the way too and so it's it's definitely one of those ones where my intentions are never really set out to do fantastically. It always ends up doing better towards the end of the season than all I want to do mm. <laughs> at the beginning but I I usually tend to set myself a target in relation to how the season's going this season it feels very much like inside the top 1 million would be great (laughs) yeah Um, anything higher than 500k would feel like a massive achievement this season I think after spending half of the season like you know more than 2 million or so I think below that so uh, yeah anything above that would be be great really but you know, nice. this season is so unpredictable. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure that you'll keep on smashing it. Now you've done it. You've you've broken the back of that overall rank by <laughs> taking 1.7 million off over the last few weeks. So I'm sure that over the next few weeks you can knock a few more thousand K off of that total and, and be hoping. there when they are about by the end. <laughs> okay, that's it then for this week's Scout the Game Week. I'll be back next week. Uh, with another episode where I'll be joined by Leo who's from Bendito Fantasy to look back at game week 20 and to take that knowledge to look ahead to game week 21. Take care guys.